Welcome to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman, where Jerry reads a chapter from the New Testament and gives us key insights and life applications along the way. For more information about the Solid Life Journal and reading plans, visit solidlives.com. And now, let's get into today's reading. All right, 1 Timothy chapter 1 from the New King James Version. And here's what it says. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior, and the Lord Jesus Christ our hope. So notice, interesting, couple of things. First of all, once again, Paul's letters starting off with who's writing it, as opposed to the way that we typically write letters in our Western world, where the signature's at the end. I like to know who's writing it. It makes the letter all the, all the more understandable. So anyway, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. So he calls himself once again, as usual, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Notice, by the commandment of God. In other words, I didn't get elected. I didn't get voted on. I didn't get appointed by man. God himself appointed me to be an apostle. An apostle, the word apostle means sent. God appointed me to be sent, a sent one. Uh, Notice, by the commandment of God, our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ. Normally we see Savior uh, designated for Jesus. But notice, God is our Savior. He's the one who sent His only begotten Son. So Father God is our Savior. Jesus is our Savior. Absolutely, they're both involved and as well as the Holy Spirit. So, by the commandment of God our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ, our hope. Oh, He is our hope. Why? He's coming back for us. We're going to become one with Him in marriage. Become that fully consummated joint heir with Christ and heir of God. So Paul, and then verse 2, to Timothy, a true son in the faith, not a biological son, but certainly a spiritual son, one that has been mentored in ministry and in the faith. So he goes on to say, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. He's releasing grace, mercy, and peace through his words. These words are powerful. This is not just a formality of a greeting, but this is something that would release these words. And so they're to be received by that. In fact, Lord, we receive grace. We receive mercy and we receive peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ through this greeting from Paul in Jesus' name. Okay, verse 3. And as I urged you when I went into Macedonia, remain in Ephesus that you may charge some that they teach no other doctrine. So Paul was traveling with Timothy and he told Timothy, you stay here in uh, Ephesus and I'm going to go continue on my journey. But you charge those here that they don't teach any other doctrine than what I've taught them. Verse 4. Nor give heed to fables. And endless genealogies, which cause cause disputes rather than godly edification, which is in faith. Let me tell you, this is a vulnerability in any church where there's a particular topic that is either central or uh, uh, related to something of our faith. But you get all off on that could be end time prophecy where people just want to dwell on that. And then they start arguing and disputing on that, but nobody's really being nourished in the word of God. And so Paul is warning them not to get off on these things that cause disputes 
and uh, avoid the good word of teaching and ministry because there's so much that God wants to say to us from the scriptures. Verse five, now the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from sincere faith, from which some, having strayed, have turned aside to idle talk, desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor the things which they affirm. Now, this is coming from Paul, who was a Pharisee. He was so well studied in the scriptures. Now, of course, when in the New Testament, they're talking about the scriptures, we would call that the Old Testament because the New Testament had not been written yet. And so they're talking about the word. They're talking about the scriptures. Paul's saying these people that desire to be teachers, they don't know what they're talking about. Well, how would he know? He's a, he was a Pharisee. Oh, he was well studied. And so he knows when people really know the scriptures or not. Verse eight, but we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous person, but for the lawless and insubordinate, for the ungodly and for sinners, for the unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for fornicators, for sodomites, for kidnappers, for liars, for perjurers. And if there is any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. So he's saying all these commandments of the, what we would call the old Testament for them, it was, it was the scriptures, all these commandments. They're not given for the righteous person that's walking in truth and walking in obedience to God. They're given to help everybody who's walking contrary to the law of God to realize how far off the mark they are so that they would come and serve the Savior and receive the grace of God and begin to walk in obedience. So once again, verse 11, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. So Paul said, this was revealed to me and this teaching the gospel this way has, is my assignment. And thank God he recognized and heard this assignment from God. And he wrote about half of the books of the New Testament. So thank God that he was fulfilling his assignment. Verse 12. And I, I love this verse. And I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Boy, I relate to that. I did not deserve to be put into the ministry, but I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me. He gave me the grace to do it. He enabled me to be in the ministry. And it says he counted me faithful. It didn't say I was faithful. It says he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Boy, even by grace, we get to enter into the ministry of the Lord. And may we use that grace to do it the way he wants us to do it. Verse 13, although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. So he's saying, when I was a Pharisee, I was 
actually sent against the church, the believers in Jesus, Yeshua, the Messiah. I was sent to persecute them, to imprison them, even to kill them because of what they were doing, because they were seen as heretics. They were seen as off and wrong. And we, the Pharisees of the Jews, were going to attack. And Paul said, and I was this way. I was insolent. I was unrepentant. I was hard-hearted. And so he says, but I did it ignorant, ignorantly and in unbelief. I did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah. I did not know. So I did it ignorantly. I was in unbelief. Verse 14. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. So he said, I was ignorant. I was on the wrong side of this thing. I was persecuting the very people who had it right. He said, and the grace, thank God, the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant. So he said, boy, God overlooked so much that I was doing in my ignorance. And he gave me grace to be able to turn the corner, to repent, to make a change, to humble myself. He gave me grace to do it. And now I'm on the right side. Now I'm a believer in Jesus and I know him to be the Messiah. Verse 15, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. However, for this reason, I obtain mercy that in me first, Jesus Christ might show all longsuffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. So Paul said, boy, this happened very early on and he gave me this mercy, but this is showing a pattern for countless others to receive this mercy and to believe on Jesus for everlasting life. Verse 17, now to the king eternal, eternal, never without ending, without beginning, to the king eternal, immortal, not subject to death. He's not a human being that's subject to death. Invisible to God, who alone is wise. Hey, don't, don't ever think that you know better than God or his word. No, God alone is wise. Be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Verse 18, this charge I commit to you, son, Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. This is something we need to understand about prophecies. When uh, the elders were gathered around Timothy and hands were laid on him, uh, uh, installing him into the ministry, ordaining him into the ministry, prophecies were given by these elders. And Paul is bringing that back to mind. And he's saying, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. See, God will speak prophetically through people about your life and about what he wants to do and such. But those prophecies are conditional. Yes, they're conditional. In other words, if you just decide, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to comply with God. I'm going to go out and party and do my own thing. Well, those prophecies are not going to come to pass. No, no. God is not saying no matter what you do, no matter what, how obedient you are or disobedient, how much you follow or don't follow God, I'm going to bring these great things to pass in your life. Absolutely not. Personal prophecy is conditional and the enemy will try to trip you up and stop you and discourage you so that those things don't happen in your lives, in your life. So 
He says here, he said, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them, by those prophecies, you may wage the good warfare. Every personal prophetic assignment requires warfare in the spirit to see it fulfilled. We have to fight the gates of hell. We must overcome him. And so Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. See, so there must be warfare. There must be a confrontation of Satan, of the principalities and powers of this world to make sure that you don't get stopped, discouraged, or uh, that you don't get diverted or distracted from what God has called you to do. He goes on to say in verse 19, having faith and a good conscience, which some having rejected concerning the faith have suffered shipwreck. And so here's some that believe they had faith in Jesus. They were doing well serving the Lord, but some have suffered shipwreck concerning uh, keeping the word of God, having faith and a good conscience, which some having rejected concerning the faith have suffered shipwreck of whom are Hymenaeus and Alexander, boy, he's naming names, whom I delivered to Satan that they may learn not to blaspheme. Now, this is very interesting because Paul is bringing up something that actually shows up in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. And he's writing to the Corinthians and he says, there's somebody who is uh, evidently in sexual relations with his father's wife. So we would presume this is his stepmom. And yet he's in some kind of an affair with his stepmom. And Paul said, it's wicked, it's wrong, and he's not repenting. So because he won't listen to anybody, he's not repenting. You gather around him, he said, with the church and turn him over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. And so he's saying, we don't want to send him to hell. We want him to come to his senses so that he doesn't go to hell. So let's turn him over to Satan. Let's remove the covering of protection off of him so that Satan can attack him. And that'll get his attention, hopefully. And then he'll repent and he'll come back to his senses and he'll serve the Lord and be saved and, uh, and go to heaven when he dies. So he said that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. So notice here, uh, Paul says these two individuals, Hymenaeus and Alexander, got so bad, they suffered such shipwreck with their faith that they became contrary. They became enemies of the gospel, enemies of the ministry of Paul and such. And so Paul said, finally, I just delivered them to Satan that they may learn not to blaspheme. Now, folks, this is not what God wants for us. He doesn't want us to be exposed to the devil. He wants us to be able to take authority over the devil. And Peter, Peter said, uh, be sober and be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith. First Peter 5, 8, 9. And so we're supposed to overcome the devil. But notice here in this case, because they're in disobedience and they became contrary, they're actually attacking and criticizing the ministry of Paul. And Paul finally said they won't listen so, so that they learn not to blaspheme. I'm delivering them to Satan that they may and come under some attack, and then they'll wake up and realize, hey, we need to make a change. And so that's not the first resort. That, that's a last resort. But nonetheless, it's better than going to hell. That's for sure. Well, all right, we'll pick it up in chapter two tomorrow. Now, don't forget. Well, let's pray quickly here. Father, help us not to 
be deceived like Hymenaeus and Alexander or that man in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Lord, all of us are vulnerable to deception. All of us can get off and justify ourselves and make ourselves think that we're doing right when really we're doing wrong. I pray that no one watching, listening, reading with us here will have this, Lord, that all of us will humble ourselves and repent quickly of sin so that we never get to this place where uh, we have to be judged this severely. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman. And thank you to those of you who have partnered with Solid Lives to help get this daily podcast and other resources like it to thousands of people around the world. If you would like to partner with Solid Lives, visit solidlives.com give. To find out more about the ministry of Solid Lives, how you can be a part of this church planting and disciple making movement, or for more great teachings and resources by Jerry, visit solidlives.com. We also want to invite you to check out Jerry's other podcast called The Jerry Dearman Podcast. Here, Jerry shares with us at least weekly from God's Word, challenging us and equipping us to fulfill the amazing plan that God has for our lives. You can find links to this podcast as well as Jerry's YouTube channel online at solidlives.com. Thank you again so much for joining us, and we'll see you right here tomorrow as we jump into the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman.